the Muscle Nerd Podcast for everything powerlifting and sports sciences. Podcast episode two. Um, I'm Gus Cook, head powerlifting coach here at uh, Lifters League, um, and today here we got uh, Dr. Locke. Good evening, there, Gus. Great to catch up, man. Always good to be back in Brisbane at Lifters League. And today we're going to be having a bit of a chat about some very interesting topics, huh? Yes. So we're going to go over today's topic. Will be today's topic will be shoulders and bench, um, but we're just going to go over some news. Powerlifting and strength sports news. Yeah. And so we'll have a, you competed at uh, Pro Raw. Yeah, it was fantastic. I love Pro Raw. I think it's an event that everyone really likes to get into. So I had about 16 weeks prep for this one with a plan for going for a 200 kilo bench. And I, in the gym, pulled that off about five days before the comp. And at the comp itself, it was just a learning experience. Um, I think the judging was spot on, pretty fair, great on, you know, didn't miss a thing. As a result, I got red-lighted on two lifts. Mm-hmm. But on the third one, all fine. It was a choice of going for 200 or 190 and putting one on the board, so that's why we got a nice 190. Good. So the next thing is another five weeks from now, the Anzacs are on for the capo and I'll plan to get the 200 there. So what are your, what are your plans between now and then? Uh, plans between now and then? Training. Well, as um, a very wise person once said, you know, to get very good at something, you've got to practice a lot. So I bench press every day, seven days a week, some days twice a day, now until that comp. Mm. Of course, they're not going to be 100%, you know, maxes, they won't even be up to 80%. So there'll be some practice sessions and some training sessions. So, you know, a lot of the time there might be 60 to 100 on the bar. It just means we've got to practice and practice and practice that skill. Mm. So that was something I learned from one of the greats of all time who we'll discuss about a little bit soon. Cool. That seems a little bit similar to um, our philosophies that we train. We train probably anywhere three to five times a week with bench, but yeah, very sub-maximal numbers. Very much. Time, keep it under 80%, 80, 85%. Yeah, well, I had the, the good fortune of seeing uh, a friend there, Ed Cohen, at Pro Raw, and um, just discussing the approach to um, practice, and he agreed. He just said, that's what you do. We practice, we practice, we keep practicing. So. Yeah, his, his approach has always been, yes, you squat, bench and deadlift. You practice it. And that's what the famous Bev Francis said to me as well. How did she ever get as good as she did? She said, bench, press, squat and deadlift seven days a week. Seems to be the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you had a bit of help with your... So you had a bit of help with bench press from Ange and yeah. Sebastian. Ange Galati, of course, who's you know, bench pressed about 225 at 75 kilos. So he's... Uh, an outstanding holder of many records and so I, he was working by programming a lot of the time and some technical advice and of course Sebastian Irv has worked spectacularly hard on his bench press technique to get up from where he's been to where he is now and so we had um, a lot of technical input there and you know from yourself as well it was good to get your eye running over it there Gus and there's even a fellow in the gym called John DeStefano who's been back in the, the dim, dim dark ages and he even picked up a few subtle things that were really good to see on video. So, you know, I've got great coaching all around me. Awesome. Um, cool. 
Yeah, so much of what I'll tend to do is, um, you know, I know a lot of my work, and I know my biomechanics exceptionally well, but it's still important to step back and have other people's good eyes watching as well. Mm -hmm. It always helps to have another coach. It's very hard to be objective with yourself sometimes. It's super hard to be objective with yourself, yes. You know, there's a little elbow movement that I hadn't picked up that, you know, John DeStefano picked up. It was just good. Mm. Um, So... Uh, another big thing happened at uh, Pro Raw. Uh, one of our girls uh, broke the uh, all-time all-time Australian record. A record been standing for 35 years by Bev. Yeah, you know Bev quite well. I've been very fortunate. I've been chasing Bev over a couple of years to get to talk to her because we're both judges on the IFBB Pro Pro panel. And I think Bev must have thought I was a stalker because she kept on running away from me. But one day she had to sit next to me and. I thought I'd turn around and say, so Bev, how did you ever bench 155 kilos? And she realised that I was actually um, the person who knew I was talking about and we had a, a, a good friendship ever since. So she was, uh, you know, she's a great lifter and, of course, seeing Bo break that record was just something special. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that might have even started at that um, little Japanese restaurant where we all sat down and I happened to mention that that was the longest standing record. Yeah. And I saw you and Sarah look at each other and I thought, yeah, in a couple of years you guys might be going for that. About seven months later she's got yeah. it. Everything uh, just went so damn well with prep, and um, I think a lot of it is a um, um, lot to do with the shoulder health stuff that we're you know, going to talk about later today. Um, we do this stuff, we do this stuff religiously, and it's allowed us to keep our volume very high. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong: is that you know you try and keep up, you can't get enough volume in without hurting yourself, unless you're trying to look doing things to help prevent. Injuries from occurring in the first it's place. It's the whole basis of the pyramid of health, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, people were saying to me along the line of the prep for this comp, you know, how are you feeling? And I said, 100%, never felt better. And same as you guys, you know, doing the basics. It's like a pyramid. If you do your basics well, you can build everything on top of it. But if you avoid doing your rehab, if you avoid doing your brief prehab, you're starting to roll the dice. You're actually taking a chance. Mm-hmm. The basics underpin everything, whether it's our glute work, our lat work, our cuff work. If we stick to it, then everything else is going to build on top of it really well. We're just not, you know, it's basically the concrete that holds this whole thing together, mm-hmm. and then we can build on top of it. So yeah, it is the um, it's the important thing I always say to people: the more work they do, the better I look, mm-hmm. because the more they adhere to the compliance of the of um, my instructions, the better the results are going to be. Exactly. And that's what we've taken on. What's well, a um, great, uh, great example with Bowen compared to what I've seen with a lot of other lifters, where a lot of their peop- a lot of the guys seem to push really hard in those last uh, you know, week or two just before the comp to see where their maxes were, um, but we didn't hit anywhere near anywhere near what we did in comp um, because there's no need to there's no need to see it. We already know you're going to have a big bench on the day, and there's no need to risk yourself getting hurt or risk yourself risk um, some of the injuries you get from going so heavy and I mean there's no point gassing yourself out so close to a competition so same principles apply I mean we had tested about three weeks out we only did 145 which is still a massive bench Um, but again the whole submaximal idea is that we rarely had to go heavy um, uh, probably less than 2% of the time but there's anything heavy on the bar and managed to pull out something very big on the day. And it's Spectacular. Just, just a bit of proof. On it is. Very intelligent programming. And that comes from, well, the wealth of experience that you've had mm. and the way you've analysed the way to program. 
you know, there's a lot to it. There's central nervous system adaptations that you're encouraging all the time. You're teaching your body how to be successful in lifting. And that's huge. Mm. You know, I know Ange Galati said the same thing. He hadn't missed a lift in the gym for 10, 15 years. Mm. So he's only ever taught his body how to be successful in lifting. Exactly. Yeah, and it becomes a nervous system adaptation. And then we just build our muscle on top of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very successful formula. Yes, yes. Um, I think this is one particular thing um, you wanted to mention where, you know, it's just enough, we do enough, we just do enough bench to you know, keep the nervous system, nervous system excited rather than going heavy a lot. You know, I've always found going heavy a lot can end up, actually end up making people weaker on the day uh, compared to being stronger, you know. So, um, again, I think just another point to understand. Um, yes, there's no recipes to it. Mm. You can't give a one size fits all. There mm. are some people who are super recovery oriented and there are others who aren't and when you see them you've got to be able to modulate that some people want to go hard but they shouldn't be going hard Mm -hmm. other people should be going harder and they don't go hard yes so it's always dependent upon the individual that's what great coaching is about it's an individual thing you can't just cut and paste something off the internet and think you're going to get it it takes a really good coach's eye and a good coach to listen to Mm -hmm. so yes you can get you know it's important to have that relationship with your online coach or your physical coach that these are individual programs and this is individual for the, now, that person's specific requirements. Mm. So no cookie cutters. All right, so I think we'll move into the topic of the day. To submit listener mail for questions to be answered on our podcast, then email me, gus at musclenerd.com.au. If you're interested in visiting our facility, Lictors League, or to get one-on-one coaching, programming, and nutrition plans from our team, then contact us via our website, www.liftersleague.com.au or email info at liftersleague.com.au and one of our staff will be in touch. Or if you're not a local, we have an in-house online coaching team where we all work together to get you to your performance and body composition goals. Simply visit my website www.musclenode.com.au or email me gus at musclenode.com.au and I will be in touch to see how we can help you. Topic of the day. So yep. the topic of the day is we're going to talk about uh, uh, shoulders and bench or shoulder or shoulder injuries or shoulder prehab. Yeah. Bench press. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a love of my life because I think you've... It, when you injure yourself somewhere along the line, I think you become very good at learning about it if you're a professional. It's like anything, you know, I'm not a tennis coach, so don't ask me too much about tennis, but I know a fair bit about weight training. So when it comes to shoulders, same thing. I, I injured my shoulder many years ago and it became a passion to become very good at shoulders. So I actually began life as a baseball player. I played for Australia as a junior and I was a pitcher as well. And you know, there was a lot of shoulder work in there and I understood the mechanics of throwing, set up uh, throwing programs, even involved with the Australian cricket team well back many years ago. So I brought weight training to the table for rehab because that's one of the rare things that not many professionals understand how to bench press. So you can see a lot of different doctors and professionals but if they don't know how to bench or squat or deadlift then you better go find someone who does. So yes, the the key to shoulder problems because it's the most misdiagnosed problem that I tend to run into is um, the people point to the front of their shoulder and say, this is where I hurt. And most of the professionals you tend to see will end up either treating that, pushing that, sticking cortisones in that, and it usually isn't the problem. 
and that's because it's actually a referred pain or as I prefer to call it a misconstructed pain because essentially it's a brain um, attempting to figure out where the problem is and what it is is that the C5 and C6 nerve roots are involved in the front of the shoulder but they're also involved at the back of the shoulder so the infraspinatus muscle which is supplied by the suprascapular nerve has the same nervous supply as the musculocutaneous nerve which supplies the bicep at the front Essentially, when you've got a strained infraspinatus, you'll tend to find that if you're a good myo and you stick your finger in there, and you'll find you'll get the referral that goes straight through into the front of the bicep, usually into the front of the shoulder where the bicipital groove is. So when you understand that relationship, you don't get lost treating the symptom, you've found the cause. So what we tend to find is we have rotator cuff strain, but it's a very specific thing, it's the external rotators. So they're supplied, once again, by the same nerves that supply the front of the shoulder there, in the bicep. And that's where the problem tends to be. So you can spend years having pointing to one spot and having professionals thinking that that's your problem. And you know they can even find radiological things. You could find a, a biceps tendonitis there, but you will probably find out that that's actually not relevant. It's actually quite a, almost we say a false positive, that you really have to treat the problem that's caused the infraspinatus to be upset. Now, why is the infraspinatus upset? It's probably because your um, rhomboids and your trapezius aren't appropriately stabilising your scapula. And that usually is the biggest base cause to the shoulder problem. There's also our lats. We're going to be involved there because lats are super important if you're bench pressing. You know, I always laugh about the fact that, you know, I've read articles online by people who are PhDs who say that um, lats aren't involved in, in bench pressing and don't bother about it. And you just think these people must be homeschooled. You know, it's in, how could you not understand that the activations, the co-activations and the co-contractions that we have to have to stabilise joints. In fact, my success with shoulder impingement often comes largely because of lat action. Lat action. Because your lat will depress your humerus and if you turn your lat on really well, then the lat will actually bring the humeral head down and it will allow the supraspinatus which is your impinged muscle then to clear the shoulder so you know we're talking about bench pressing as a, a pill pointing to the front of the shoulder and saying that's their pain but we're also talking about lats now and how lats are involved in stabilizing the shoulder so my approach to bench pressing pain usually comes at looking at what's happening around the scapula itself now we could talk mobility if we want but if you think about bench pressing itself how much mobility do you actually need to bench press? So sometimes you can spend a lot of time saying someone's stiff in their thoracic spine. Well, that may, may have more um, influence on their squat and their deadlift, but not as much influence on the bench press where you realistically are going to be lying down. You are getting some thoracic extension. Now, if you, if you are stiff into extension, certainly that's going to have an influence about annoying your shoulder. So thoracic extension of the spine is going to be important for getting a good arch. So if that's stiff, we have to uh, work with that. But there's not a lot of rotation there, so I don't have to overly work with thoracic rotation. But it sometimes is a way to get better extension. Sometimes it's like we call it prying. It's like um, if you get a fence post in the ground. You can't pull it straight up. You have to move it in a lot of different directions other than the direction you're wanting it to go to eventually get it to move the direction you want to go. So these are all little things I'm throwing out here about shoulder problems. You don't need a lot of extension, but sometimes if you have a big arch, the extension is going to be an important part. And then you've got your muscular control. So we've got to have our scapulothoracic control. And you know, these are the approaches that a lot of people miss as they're, they're missing how important it is for the lats, the rhomboids, the mid traps, the low traps, even your thoracic extensors, your, your, your um, past thoracis of your, lump, of your uh, spine. 
they're really important for getting the extension. But once you put all those things together, then you'll start to find that your pressing's going to be a lot better. So there's a bit of an encapsulation of what we do there, Gus. Um, I think from all that, we've uh, um, extrapolated a um, a basic a basic protocol, kind yeah. of like a bit of a dummy's guide to what um, uh, to all that. And we came, we work, we work with basically was it one, two, three exercises? Yep. That we've come down to three very good exercises that lifters league that use as prehabs. Mm-hmm. So the first exercise we're looking at is you look at your flutters that we always do. The so flutters, yes. Yes. So, I mean, this, 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 this overall, this protocol we use is almost like um, anyone that's con- competing, anyone that's competing and doing bench press must do, no matter what, not negotiable. It is regardless, so, isn't it? Regardless whether you have an injury or not, um, we and do it. The beauty of the flutter really is, which is lying face down and lifting the hands off the ground with weight in it, is that it's about the um, length and tension relationship of the muscle groups and where they have their best biomechanical pull. So what I work from there is I find that the rhomboid muscles, which we're trying to specifically engage, they seem to have their best ability to produce a maximum contraction when you're lying flat down the ground and you're lifting your hands off the ground. If you lie on a bench and you do the same movement where the arms are in front of you, it's a world of difference and the rhomboids don't normally contract as well because they're going to be overpowered by other more successful muscle groups in that area, perhaps rear delts and things like that. So that's why I target this thing directly from the floor in a very specific small range. It produces what appears to be the maximum voluntary contraction that you can get in that area. And once again, we don't cue it and say, retract your scapula. We simply let it do it because it does it well. Mm-hmm. If you give the cues to things like retract your scapula, well, most of your clients are never going to know what the hell a scapula is or what retraction is, and they'll end up just lifting their traps up. So we just, I almost call it going zen. You just do the movement. Mm-hmm. If you do the movement, you probably won't screw it up. I think the uh, first time, I think the first time you got me, got me to do it. I mean, you were so surprised that I couldn't even get one kilo up until, you know, being able to move 210 kilos in one direction and can barely move one kilo. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, I've had uh, some incredibly big muscular guys who have been very challenged in that particular movement. Mm-hmm. But once again, it's a skill. The more you practice your skill, the better you get. And once your skill gets better, it's amazing how everything else starts to move as well. Mm. So it's all about neurological uh, relationships there. I think ever since we've uh, implemented this protocol, none of us, well, me, I've had some of my best bench bench preps ever. And so with Bo, I mean, beforehand, I mean, it'd just be inevitable. How long can I last before I get hurt? <laughs> That's know? pretty much the powerlifting life, isn't it? Yeah. Or has been. Yes. Yeah, so then you end up doing rapid gel painkillers and wrapping your arms up in a bunch of bandages to get through your prep. But now we don't have to. And the funny thing was, um, I think me and Bo mentioned it's like how amazed we were to actually be one of the only people to not be using deep heat, not to be using um, excessive amount of painkillers and infl- infl- um, anti-inflammatories. We were just good. Yeah, we're all good. It's amazing. Even Sebastian Orib and his crew, especially, which you know, I've been working with, um, you know, that on their blackboard and their at their place, same thing as doing your basics. Mm-hmm. You know, before you train, you must do these things. And same sort of success they're having as well. So I think all of us who are implementing these basic drills that underpin our success, uh, actually coming into comps uninjured. Mm-hmm. That's really great, it helps us work hard. Um, second second exercise we implement is um, the line external rotation. Yeah, it's an interesting movement that one because what's traditionally been seen as the external rotation movement inside lying. Um, I've never really liked it. I always thought it was just things people treated and taught 
other people without really understanding it. And clients and patients tend to make a lot of mistakes with it. So simply lying face down on the ground with your hands by your side and your palms down and lifting your hands off the ground, you are actually already in external rotation. So because you're in external rotation and then you're lifting, you're teaching yourself how to extend with an isometric position almost for the external rotators. And it produces that strength of your external rotators that we could then carry over into controlling a bench. So it's a tough movement. You know, I've seen um, some very, very big people who can barely get their hands off the ground in that position mm. because it's so tough to get your external rotators to hold that position initially. Mm. So the best best movement, I love that one. And I'll actually take credit, I reckon I invented that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, lap band, lap band pull. Oh, that lap band pull. Well, as you see when you look at Sarah's um, video of that bench that she performed, the 157.5, what I love, I watch it over and over again, is watching where you hand out, you step back and you watch Bo's lats turn on. Mm-hmm. You can see the physical movement, that those lats come on, the shoulders are being pulled down towards the pelvis, mm. and away it goes. Yeah, It's one of the most wonderful examples of exactly how you stabilise through using your lats. And everything came out of that. So yeah, the lat band pull, it's the isolation movement that we mm-hmm. use here. Well, you ain't having, you ain't been a, you're not beating a 35-year-old record without a perfect bench. <laughs> you certainly don't. Mm-hmm. It was stable, it was strong, there was just everything there, wasn't mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just great to see Bev there herself to, you know, come up the next day and to, to meet Sarah after that and to really say how wonderful it was, you know, to really appreciate and she really loved it. Oh, she had the, hap- she had the happiest moment of her life. She said, this weekend, is the- I think she was pretty recapped it as this is the best weekend of my life <laughs> yeah she was absolutely stoked to see to see Bev yeah mm. as was Bev to be involved so yeah it was great to get her back into the powerlifting crew again mm-hmm. yeah so there's our success it really comes on how to produce a great powerful big bench it comes from doing your prehab work and yeah once again it's one of those things you don't negotiate with if you want mm. success you don't negotiate mm-hmm. we just have to do it you know if you want to negotiate well let's face it you're not really serious. Yeah. <laughs> so that's about where we're running our shoulder stuff today. Yeah, um, maybe, I mean, what did you mention before? Six hard, six fast questions. Six <laughs> fast questions. <laughs> we can do those, yes. Um, where's your favourite place in the world? Favourite place in the world? Always Los Angeles, no matter what. Yeah, I think there's a reason that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger lives there. It's, you know, every time I go anywhere in the world, I can always look back and say, perhaps I should have gone to Los Angeles instead. You know, you can drink the water, the food serves are always gigantic, the sun's good, the beaches are great, everything's right about the place. So, yeah, I think when it comes to anywhere in the world where I'd rather be, it's Los Angeles for sure. Uh, what's your favourite book? Favourite book? It's interesting, it, it would be Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Now, why would that be? It's money because it's um, one of those unique contributions to literature. Has, has within it one of the greatest passages, I think, in English language. So I would say, yeah, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. It's less about the topic matter than how brilliantly he describes the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, a hobby that's not lifting. I don't think there is a hobby except perhaps reading research. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Constantly, that's how I invent new exercises. Sometimes I'm going back and reading my basics again. I might be picking up an anatomy book. Seriously, how, how amazing is that? I mean, I've got one of the biggest libraries you've ever seen. Yeah. And really, I just keep going back into research papers and anatomy books, and that's my hobby that's not lifting. Um, 
greatest accomplishment? Oh, every day getting up and um, planning. I think the greatest accomplishment would be mindset. How's that? Yeah. Uh, the mindset I've created, I've been working on since I was about 13. So um, my accomplishment in that respect is to how to understand to make the best out of every day and how people perceive you as an individual. So that would be my accomplishment. I'd say I've, I've achieved a, um, an understanding of how to produce the best of myself. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, what's your body weight goal? Body weight goal? Uh, I put it muscle goal, perhaps. Muscle goal. <laughs> I think the body weight's pretty much exactly where I like it. I love it to be around about 135. I think that's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And now all I've got to do is just drop some more body fat to um, enjoy being around that size. I think we just did your scan, we just want a bit of fat there, we can... Yeah, I'm 135 now, and now it's just time to see it change. Put something in your legs. Uh, look, uh, I hit 135 for the first time in my life, at, mm, I think when I was oh, around about 20, I hit 135, 136, mm-hmm. and it's been up and down like that for about 20 years all the time, so it's mm-hmm. a good place to be. I find it t- I'm still finding 135 pretty tough to be. I've uh, <laughs> lost a bit and I feel comfortable again, but I'm sure I'll adapt. It is. It's that homeostasis thing, isn't it? Huh? Mm-hmm. Get the body where it gets comfortable to be eventually. Um, Favourite tattoo you have? Favourite tattoo? Uh, it's got to be the family crest, which is um, an old Latin piece which says, Flictere sine quae superos archeronta movebo, which basically means in old Latin, that um, if heaven doesn't listen, hell will. So it's a bit of a threat to the a threat to the heavens that if they don't listen to um, my demands, that someone else is to turn to if you have to. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's the old family crest. So uh, the kids have got that as well. My daughter and my son. Cool. Yeah. So yes, we enjoy that. It'll be always carried on. So will your kids have that? Yep. Cool. That's How's awesome. that? Yeah. How's that? Be carried on. Always got the skull in the middle and um, the banner around it. All right, so that about does it for us, and that was a... It's great, Dr. Gus, good to be chatting with you. We look forward to doing another podcast soon enough. Yep. We shall be on to knees and squatting and maybe backs and deadlifts. Thank you for coming on. Look forward to it. If you want more content, find our blog at www.liftersleague.com.au and read from our contributing authors or find my personal blog at www.musclenerd.com.au To see more into what we do, follow me and my team on social media for Facebook and Instagram. For me, search at MuscleNerd. For Lifters League, search at Lifters League. For Pip, search at Pip Brown. For Leone, search at Switchblade21.